Hello humans, hello humans. It's a Saturday morning, Saturday, February 3rd, around 9 o'clock. Very sad day for me, going into um, inland to pick up Boris's remains. He didn't make it. They were saying it's lepto. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, sad day. Um, so, uh, okay, uh, all kinds of things going on, we're reaching, uh, uh, getting into serious hypernovelty here where stuff is just spilling out all over, and we're going to see the real breakthrough and the breakdown of the, um, Naradime here pretty quick. <coughs> over these next couple of months. So we're gonna hit a crisis point on February 18th. Uh, we've got another couple of them coming up in March. And then um, a couple of very large uh, projected uh, release language appearances in um, first part of April, first uh, week of April. This is gonna be um, quite difficult for all the normies because they're going to have to, any of those that are still clinging on to uh, normality as it used to exist, are going to have to come to terms with uh, what we're going to be going through here and um, the lack of uh, their uh, establishment authority, right? So we're seeing a lot of the people fall away, the media is uh, collapsing, uh, basically, it's um, uh, running out of steam and running out of money, and the only reason that we have the mainstream media is because of government subsidies, is what it amounts to. And once the government hits this next uh, economic wall, which will probably be around the 18th of this, this month, February, uh, between the 18th and the 28th, there's this like 10-day window that we're going to have uh, a lot of building tension, release language. A lot of building tension, release language, day after day after day. Uh, such that I think that the release language will um, reach the levels that had been forecast in our um, 81 point delta um, over the usual variants. A lot of it is uh, going to be economic in terms of the uh, initial prompt or spark uh, that gets things moving. Uh, but the, the fallout of all of that uh, will be quite, um, dissipative, right? It'll be spreading. Uh, so we'll have, uh, some impacts, uh, ripple through the economy and through um, these kind of, uh, uh, through activities that people are doing, you know, businesses, etc. But uh, it looks like the majority of the impact is going to come from uh, what we might think of as static money, which would be uh, retirement systems, government funding, all of these kind of things taking a big, big, big hit. Now, at some point after February 18th, and it's probably occurring right now, the... Um, uh, 
the global revolution in the beginning in Europe uh, will go to the next phase. Okay, and so the, in the next phase, you'll see um, real fucktards, real numbnut fucktards, uh, battle their own populace, like uh, Macron. He'll probably call in the military, and then he's going to have a big problem because the military is going to revolt. Okay, they're not going to go along with this shit. Uh, this is all leading to, and will participate in, this U.S.-centric uh, um, economic thing that's going to be happening here um, February 18th and, and beyond. When that happens, the ripple-on effect for global revolution will be uh, pretty substantial. So... I'm, I'm expecting something in the way of like a giant derivatives crash or repudiation or, um, you know, major money center bank going uh, totally bust and, and them having to thrash around just trying to find somebody to take it over. That sort of thing, right? So an economic uh, crisis uh, uh, or an economic uh, situation that evolves into a crisis and uh, further... Uh, as they attempt to deal with the crises part of it, uh, they, that is to say the powers that be, um, uh, engender a whole series of events from their actions in terms of unexpected consequences. So they'll do something here in the United States that will cause our um, economic system to uh, uh, interact with the European economic system in a new way, probably around the derivatives going bust or something similar, right? Some level of dysfunction is being forecast that's going to affect the ability of the EU governments to continue on the mother weffers plan. So I'm expecting, you know, their economic problems will cause them not to be able to pay for um, migrants anymore, right? Uh, this kind of thing. Hang on a second. And the um, the fallout of that is going to ripple through into all different kinds of things relative to countries within Europe. So we'll see um, uh, European countries go back to their old borders and they'll repudiate the EU, right? So the European Union is going to die. And uh, it's going to take all of the banking system and all of these unelected fucktards with it. And it's going to be quite chaotic, okay? Really fucking chaotic for the normies to see these things just like basically wither and, and fall away. The impacts on the EU economically are going to um, go a big distance towards triggering... Um, Lots of violence in Europe as the migrants are pushed out, as the um, we're going to go through an ethnic cleansing where all of the people that had been brought in by the WEF are going to be uh, facing some serious stiff opposition and they will decide they'd better beat feet and get the fuck out. Uh, that it is not tenable. They won't be able to secure a foothold and make it their own. You will see some of these guys some of these migrants attempting to take over chunks of countries. And it's going to get um, really fucking interesting, right? Hang on a second.
as the um, the crises starts developing economically, uh, you'll start seeing, uh, so around February 18th, you'll start seeing some of the earlier signs that we're going to have a major political and uh, cultural and uh, racial crises. Now, this is what the WEF wants, but um, they're in a uh, seriously bad place now, and I think that they realize they're in this uh, seriously bad place. The, um, the response to the WEF, from the WEF is uh, sort of predictable, but there's some areas that, that it wouldn't be wise to speculate, but we, I do expect that we'll have a, um, a sharp and uh, uh, basically to the limit of the, of the energy, power, political um, will that they have. So they'll go all in on their response trying to curtail uh, what they see as a, uh, a near fatal attack on them relative to what's coming out. And it's going to get, like I say, it's going to get ugly. There's going to be a lot of violence. Uh, there will be a lot of violence in the U.S. Uh, the economic aspects of what's going to happen here will uh, derail the Biden regime and uh, throw the nation into chaos. Uh, we'll get um, uh, economic chaos that will exacerbate everything because once the economic chaos goes off, then uh, there's going to be a lot of people that will just say, no, I'm not going along with you. You have no authority. You can't bribe me anymore, blah, blah, blah. So go fuck yourself. Um, and like I say, expect this to start in on the February 18th and build for 10 days. Go build, release, build, release, build, release for 10 days. And then we'll get into um, uh, March and we'll have a series of... Um, uh, escalating building tension periods that have big release periods so it'll be much more uh, it won't be so choppy it'll be a building for a couple of days and then a big release and then building for a couple of days and then big release and this is how March is going to be and uh, uh, throughout March we'll get a um, uh, an idea of the um, direction that we'll all be going in as a result of the response or the reaction and then the response from the mother weffers to their uh, particular crises that are occurring. I'm expecting in March that we'll start seeing a lot of the uh, normie population now that the splits have happened and in uh, February here we'll have end of uh, February we'll have the couple of the major media companies go 100% uh, crap out and we'll um, uh, get like sort of a shock uh, going through the uh, establishment supporting normies that are still out there. And we'll see a lot of them fall off. And then there'll be this, uh, during that period of time, so February and from February 18th all the way through March, probably through April and well into June, we're gonna have this um, reaction within the alternative media uh, to the developing events of the death of the mainstream media uh, because the uh, alternative media is going to be taking up the slack we'll be getting all different kinds of people in there and we're going to have a um, 
uh, generalized brouhaha as everybody tries to sort shit out. So, um, I'm expecting that we'll have lots and lots and lots of infighting in the um, alternative media over these next few weeks as we all start really cleaning up our act, okay? So, I expect a lot of people to get a lot of shit. Um, So, all right, so in some of the specifics, there's uh, this guy, Dr. Z. He's got a rumble channel, uh, Xylophacy or something like uh, philosophy, only it's Xylophacy. Um, and there's also this kid named Nick Albert and uh, this other guy. And these guys are uh, uh, have a... Uh, uh, three-way podcast thing, and they've been uh, raking this dude, uh, Phil Godlewski, over the coals for being a pedo, and uh, for being a scam artist, right? This guy is, Phil uh, Godlewski is just a real piece of work, right? Uh, he thinks he's going on about all of this bullshit about flat earth. Uh, he's never read the Bible. He's running around with crosses. He's misquoting it. Uh, he doesn't uh, recognize the uh, vagaries and uh, vagarity of the various different versions of the Bible, yada, yada, yada. And so he's trying to use uh, Bible stuff to support a flat earth viewpoint. And this guy really, he's, he's, um, he's a lying LARPer uh, piece of shit, all right? He's just another Corey Good that failed to recognize, uh, learn anything from Corey Good. I don't even know if he's aware of Corey Good, right? But, but uh, so Godlewski is a LARPer. Godlewski claims to be part of the Q team or BQ or work with Trump directly. Um, and that he's going to, he keeps saying he's going to be a major political advisor in the Trump administration and in the intelligence business. And he's going to segue right on over there. And he's got all of these um, uh, stupid ass lawsuits that he's doing, just like Corey Good, right? So Corey Good lied for four or five or six years on Gaia TV saying he had been a um, secret space program guy and uh, had been to space and had had time travel twice, going back 20 years each time so that he could work and, and come back and do more work for the secret space program for another 20 years. All of this kind of shit, right? Uh, a bunch of crap that can't happen that is um, 100% bullshit. Hang on. There we go. Long drive, getting set up. Um, and so he did all of this. And, and during that period of time, I was calling him out. I was saying, this is horseshit. Your language is bullshit. You're a liar. You're LARPer. And the fucker sued me, right? And um, uh, I'll get into that in a, in a bit. But I, So I win my lawsuit against him. And I get uh, kicked out of the lawsuit. Everybody else is in there for the additional couple of years. It's a terrible uh, federal lawsuit. Uh, Corey Good has to admit under oath that he lied about all that shit on Gaia, that he was never in space or any of this kind of stuff. It's all made up. And uh, But he sat there and, and was a, a bold-faced liar to the camera for um, years and years and years. And he, you know, uh, he fucked over uh, David Wilcock. He fucked over Gaia caused all kinds of problems. He's suing everybody. And the hell of it is, if he hadn't sued people, he would still be able to be out there doing crap, right? 
so uh, in his mind, whatever, these people that are the uh, large giant liars, the LARPers, like Corey Good and Phil Godlewski, for whatever reason, are psychologically um, propelled to uh, out themselves, to confront all of this and out themselves. This is just the way of uh, truth and fact in reality. These guys are simply not able internally to maintain this for all of their lives. And so he's got to deal with it. And so he forced himself into a situation where he is dealing with it by suing everybody and then having in the court case have it proved that he was wrong, he lied, blah, blah, blah. Nobody did anything wrong. All of us guys that said he was a LARPer and a liar and full of shit were quite correct. And uh, you, you know, you should not, uh, you shouldn't sue people for that. Okay, so um, the Phil Godlewski guy is also having to face this, right? Uh, he was a pedophile, had a, a relationship with a 15-year-old. She was actually 14 years when he, old when he started getting involved with her. Then uh, he has a relationship. He gets called out by it. He gets arrested. Uh, he he uh, serves 30 days or something um, uh, house arrest sentence and has a... Um, ankle monitor for like four or five months or something uh, because he pled guilty to corruption of a minor not having a sec not didn't plead guilty to having sexual contact with her just corruption of a minor that's all they could get him on because he was able to coerce the victim into not cooperating with the law enforcement and um, these guys in this Dr. Z and uh, Nick Alvar uh, Alvar whatever the hell um uh, you know, discuss it. And Nick made a movie about it. They're gonna, it's called, you know, The Greatest Scammer on Earth or whatever, which is like, eh, you're giving him way too much credit. This guy actually has scammed a lot of fucking money. Uh, he's buying viewers, okay? So he's like Charlie Ward, he buys viewers. Um, so you can't trust uh, the number of views on any one of his videos. And, um, there are ways to ascertain that he's got maybe around twelve to 15,000 people that follow him. So it's kind of like Corey Good with his cult. Uh, this is a Godlewski cult. I've run into these um, cultists that are coming after me because I said that Godlewski was full of shit in his um, linguistic pronouncements about Flat Earth. And then he didn't have a fucking clue as to what he was talking about relative to the translation of the... Um, the Hebrew uh, into uh, English, right? The nature of the etymology of the words and the, their evolution over time in terms of meaning. Uh, a lot of the flat earthers, by the way, use the word firmament. They take that word from the uh, Old Testament. That is a badly translated uh, word. The word really is exclusion zone, okay? Or expanse. So now, uh, I won't get into all of this stuff, but it derives from a Hebrew verb that means to beat out, to exclude, to flatten out, uh, to drive out. And they, uh, the locals applied this to the Gons, to the force fields that the Elohim used, because it drove out all life. And in fact, it was so, these force field bubbles were set up and they're spherical. So they go down into the earth as much as they go up into the uh, sky. And so uh, we see reports in Sanskrit and so on about once the guns is established, how the, um, 
the Elohim had to have lots of humans go and, and get insects. Earthworms, you know, crickets, or whatever the fuck they can get, and bring them in because the, the Gons basically sterilizes everything. It doesn't kill plants. The plants grow really well in it uh, under those energies, but it, it kills earthworms or drives out birds and all of this sort of thing. Humans can't stand these uh, force fields going through the barrier of them, right? Uh, it makes you think that there's going to be death there instantly, and you just you just can't help uh, your aversion to it and trying to get the fuck away from it. Nor could you come back through it once it's established. Anyway, though, so crap. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, uh, Godlewski uh, has, you know, he's like all these other flat earthers. He has a bad grasp of what the fuck's going on relative to language. Now, he's admittedly got a shitload of problems now that these people are starting to out him. Um, uh, Jordan Sather, the guy that I fought with who was part of uh, Corey Good's cult, he's also outing uh, Nick Godlewski. Godlewski's a real piece of work, a real shithead. Um, theoretically, he's got, uh, he's made so many millions and he's bought a shitload of property. Now, you can't trust this guy, you can't trust this guy for anything he says. <coughs> and so he's probably. Uh, getting into serious puffery, and um, but he went from $250 in the bank and a, a $21,000 bad check charge to having theoretically like seven or eight or, or nine or ten properties that he's bought uh, from money he's scammed off of all of these, um, getting these people into these gold investments and this kind of thing, none of which worked out right. These are all scams, these things that he's promoting. It's just a way to take your money. One of the guys lost, every, one of his fans, one of his cultists lost everything and killed himself. And that was really a motivation for uh, Dr. Z and Nick to go after this other guy. I forget, I, I don't think I ever really knew his name. But anyway, um, so... Uh, Godlewski's got issues, he's got uh, people on his case, and they're going to uh, continue on his case because there's, uh, at this stage, he, he can't do anything. He threatens to sue, he, file, he has an attorney that draws up papers as though there's going to be a suit, and they file it in a court where it's not pertinent, so they know it'll get thrown out. This is a, um, a sort of a scam filing to try and... Um, uh, intimidate people uh, to not saying things about uh, Nick or about uh, Phil, about Phil Godlewski. Now, I have problems with Nick, okay? Um, Nick is the guy that made the movie about Phil, and I don't know how good the movie is. I haven't seen it. You know, I don't know if it's even out yet. Uh, but uh, the thing is, uh, Nick has been on, as I understand it, I haven't found it. I just saw a reference to it, um, but Nick's been on uh, videos with Charlie Ward, and they, Nick and this other guy, do not apparently uh, see Charlie as um, uh, as big of a pedo as Phil. But uh, in my way of thinking, Charlie's much worse because Charlie was a procurer for Jimmy Savile. 
and we don't know who else he procured kids for, right? Um, and he changes his tune later on to say they were young women and there were only two of them, as opposed to him saying there were 10 to 15 of these, uh, uh, he'd say under, uh, and then change it to young women, right? But they were underage girls. Uh, and he was a, he was a procurer. He groomed them for, for Jimmy Savile. Uh, and enjoyed all of the perks of being, you know, associated with the Royals and then eventually go because Jimmy Savile was associated with the Royals. And then eventually, um, uh, at some point, Charlie Ward gets into the money laundering business uh, for his Royal customers. And he's real proud of that. And his fucktard supporters are real proud of that. Like this uh, Jan Halper Hayes. She's a real fucking nut job. I think she's another LARPer. I do not think she is in any way employed by the DOD. Uh, I think she's lying about all of that. I think she's lying about her association with the tax task force. And um, uh, I think she's full of shit. I think she's just another uh, Phil Godlewski, another uh, Corey Good, another LARPer. And you got to watch out for these guys. This is the kind of thing that will be coming up over these next few months as we really get into um, this this uh, cresting of the um, uh, the awakening into uh, Normie Land, and we, we start losing our connection uh, with the mainstream media. They start falling away. Nobody's going to pay for them anymore. The government gets hit by uh, basically bad money. Uh, really soundly, seriously, and uh, the bad money starts uh, screwing over all of the plans, and the bad money is what supports the mainstream media and all of the um, uh, tools of the oppressors. And so we'll see a lot of that just go. It'll be um, be quite spectacular. It'll take a number of months, and it's going to depend on where you are as to um, how much of this impacts you directly initially. Uh, we will, it will impact everybody, but it may take a while for the big dramatic effects to come uh, rolling into your life. Other than, you know, you having to look at it online. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be spectacular. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. A lot of people are really afraid of what's coming. Um, so let me let me stop and let me see where I want to go with this. Okay, so I do have a problem with Nick. He needs to man up and and uh, address the um, the issue of Charlie Ward in his way of thinking. If you're going to call Phil a pedo, you've got to call Charlie Ward a pedo. If you're going to get on Phil's case, Phil Doe's case, you got to get on Charlie Doe's case, right? Um, in my way of thinking. Uh, the, all right, so the economic problems that we're going to be getting into here in February um, are going to be so severe that they'll keep rolling on through uh, March, April, May. They'll still keep trying to plug the holes that by they, I mean the government, the central banks, they'll st still keep trying to plug all these holes uh, through um, March, April, May, we're going to have a biggish kind of an issue in April as um, uh, people get reach this particular threshold of understanding of things, and um, the 
the Wu people will start being uh, more aggressive in their actions from that point on because they'll seriously know they're winning. Uh, this will be the, the case because of all the new uh, subscribers on uh, Wu people's channels, that sort of thing, right? And so the Wu people will start getting um, more resources thrown their way, just as we see um, the um, powers that be, the Elohim worship cult and all of their ilk, um, trying to corral and, uh, and um, control uh, these uh, Wu people influencers, the non non-mainstream influencers, right? Non-establishment supporting influencers are right now they're out there trying to corral them. <clears throat> I've had several people uh, come and talk to me. Usually they know before they come and talk to me that it's it's not going to be a go that I, you know they they listen to my shit and they know no, we don't want this raspy bastard in with our group. Um, but they are trying to get groups, they're trying to get networks they call them. And they, uh, they're very generous. They put people on a, uh, a monthly uh, stipend kind of a thing, and then they tell them what to promote. And uh, soon they'll tell them what to say in the content, and then it'll be too late. These people will be compromised. They'll like the money. They'll be um, ensconced in it, and they will um, uh, toe the line. We already see these uh, networks. Now, the interesting part for me is that a lot of these networks are, are forming around Jewish cores, core groups of people that are all Jewish. Um, the Jews are, are much easier to control and organize than the uh, other people, than the other non-Jew um, alternative media, okay? Just because Jews are inculcated to this cultural thing to be organized, to be uh, included in these groups. Um, also, by the way, the, I'm getting a lot of shit from Jews in terms of they're turning me in for <coughs> um, supervision or, or examination by um, counterterrorism people and all kinds of shit. So uh, they're dumping my name into uh, particular areas for FBI, for Department of Homeland Security, um, bunches of these guys. And I haven't done anything new, so they're they're doing something new. They're trying to get get ahead of something, right? And uh, trying to get me out of the picture if they can. It doesn't really impact me very much. I don't do anything that that makes me vulnerable to these people. And mostly when they um, like when the FBI shows up, I tell them get off my property, get the fuck out of here. I don't answer questions. They ask a bunch of questions every time I respond. I don't answer questions. Get off my property. Get the fuck out of here. And they will. They'll just go away. Uh, they don't have a lot of um, uh, uh, oomph. They're not, you know, they've got to have giant crowds of people with lots of weapons to feel secure in really coming and hassling you. A couple of FBI guys in a, in a car <coughs> SUV that shows up. It's like, okay, you guys are six foot tall, but you're on the other side of that gate. And, uh, you know. Uh, we'll see what happens, right? So basically, fuck you all, get off my property, I don't answer questions. And it works. Um, the hassle I'm getting from these people is not going to shut me up. Even so, I'm not a great uh, irritant to them at that level. Some of them recognize what the fuck I'm doing with my strategies. And that's got them all weirded out. 
but mostly the others are too stupid to recognize it, and so they're not really as freaked out as they should be, in my opinion. Um, so, I'm seeing the effects now of people that are uh, anticipating a radically different future, okay? Uh, I know lots of people with money. Uh, I've worked for lots of these guys writing algorithms for them or uh, doing due diligence for them or this kind of thing, right? So I don't launder money, uh, but corporations could come to me and they say, you know, we've got XYZ problem with this kind of technology. Uh, you know, we need to do this, you know, and then I'll look at their goal and say, no, I'm not willing to do that. You people are full of shit. You don't really want to do that. What you want is this other thing. If you want me for that, I'd be up for it. But no, I'm not going to do your uh, stuff here. So I will be a change agent in technology organizations <coughs> that require it. But I don't really enjoy that work. It's not particularly uh, fun or anything. It's uh, satisfying to have the organizations uh, heal themselves, so to speak, <coughs> and get back to um, some real um, uh, productivity and so on. But, um, as I say, eh, you know, it's not really my forte. The technology is. Anyway, so because of this, though, I've worked for a lot of people that have lots of money. And some of these guys are uh, contacting me because of their, uh, because of my local knowledge, right? And so here's the situation. I happen to live in an area that's all tourist houses, rental houses, overnight rentals, uh, vacation rentals, this kind of thing. <coughs> some of the people I've worked for in the past who are out of uh, King County up here, um, you know, Seattle, Everett, that kind of thing, um, they, they anticipate a different future. And uh, so some of them have contacted me just to get a, uh, a sort of a heads up on local uh, activity relative to rental houses and real estate. And they know I'm into real estate. Uh, you know, I've got a number of properties. I don't rent any. I've got a resource property in the sense of uh, some timberland. Uh, I've got a um, uh, house I live in here on the beach. And, uh, and a couple of other properties here and there that I've accumulated over time. And uh, they'll contact me and, and we'll have little chats. And so I've been, been talking to some of these, these fellows and they are interested. They have a view now of certain things happening over these, the rest of this year that will impact how they deal with uh, their money uh, going forward, their investments. So that, you know, um, big money can't let dollars just sit in a bank because at that point they're just being eroded away by the bank fees and so on. They'll never make enough in interest to pay for the fact that the, um, to compensate for the fact that the money is uh, idle. And um, so they, they call me up and, and I learned that their view uh and it's from more than one group, right? So it's becoming something of a little bit of a consensus with some of these money people. And so they are of the opinion that there's going to be a, a bunch of things that are going to happen, that we will go to a, go through a major um, monetary system crash. And so they're trying to get their money out of uh, the monetary system. Some of them are buying into Bitcoin and so on, but a lot of these guys have done that and they don't want to 
just start buying Bitcoin and drive the price up because that would be the effect of trying to convert millions of dollars into Bitcoin. You would just instantly be basically um, bidding for the Bitcoin against yourself and getting the and getting everybody else whipped up. Um, so what they want to do is they want to put it in real estate. Uh, some of these guys are going into. So I've had one guy that I used to work with way back when who got himself involved at a technical level with this corporation. This corporation is um, uh, deals with energy, and they're uh, they're looking at energy in an entirely different way. So this this group thinks that um, they want to acquire energy resources in the way of property. And it just so happens along the coast of Washington, we've got vast amounts of natural gas and oil. Uh, it's never been tapped. It was, it was found in the 1920s and the 1930s. We get, a, um, get the World War II showing up uh, in, in the 40s. It was, a decision was made by the, um, the federal government to curtail uh, leases for oil gas drilling uh, along the North Pacific coast. This would be from uh, mid-Oregon all the way up through Washington to the Canadian border. And their thing was at that stage that they wanted to, uh, they didn't want to have this uh, resource available as a target for the Japanese. That was the nominal <coughs> reason that they said, no, you guys can't drill. You can't do that kind of stuff. Now, bear in mind, all along our coast here, we have natural gas seeping up out of the ground. Uh, same with oil. If you go about, um, maybe it's an hour and a half north of my house, uh, along, you go on 101 for a while, and then you'd cut off on one of these state route uh, roads, and you go about a, a mile and a half, um, or an hour and a half north of me, uh, you're going to uh, come into this place that's called Oil City. And Oil City uh, literally has uh, uh, sweet crude seeping up out of the ground. There's, there's, you know, little ponds and lakes and stuff that get polluted by it. And all along the coast, uh, north and south of me, we get um, natural gas seeps. They're not wells. You can cap them. You know, some of them, it's just a crack in the rocks that the gas seeps out of more or less steady. Maybe it's intermittent. Some of it's um, affected by water. So water in some way gets in there and pressurizes uh, the gas within a cave to the point that the gas is expelled, the water rises, fills the cave, and then it, uh, it comes out and it collapses, another void, more gas fills up, and so on. So it's intermittent, these little bursts of natural gas relative to this particular seep. Now, I've actually looked at purchasing some property here that had a natural gas seep. And it was like, ooh, I just, you know, this kind of cool just to have free natural gas. And and I think these guys were getting, they'd set up a tank. This this particular property had had, had been a, uh, a recreational land and in the 30s and 40s uh, was a camping area. And the camping area was heated and they had, uh, gas lights at night, all driven by free natural gas. They were basically just burning it off. They just stuck a bunch of pipes in there, uh, directed the gas over to um, lanterns along the little way, lighting all of the camping um, spots. 
they let it go at that. They just burned it off. They had free natural gas for uh, cooking your um, your meals or you know making hot water for um, uh, showers and this kind of thing. So it was a it was a pleasant uh, little little place. The owner uh, eventually uh, passes, and in the fifties they just kind of like shut it down. It, it just wasn't maintained anymore. And the natural gas was, uh, the pipes uh, corroded and eventually the natural gas is just being released again. And I was going to buy this place and use the natural gas for my own purposes. You know, because you can use it to make, uh, run a steam generator. You could use it to run a propane generator and make electricity with it if you wanted. Uh, we were thinking about building there. There was just no building site. And so this was before that we made the decision to just build where we're at. Now, I'm still going to do that, but some of my thinking has been changed by talking with these um, guys that I've uh, worked with in the past, and they're thinking about real estate. So, getting back to that, these guys out of Seattle, um, so I've run into a couple of them. One of them, like I say, is um, energy-focused, and they're running around the, the area buying up uh, wherever they can get them without letting people know they're coming out, they're buying little bits of property here and there, uh, that they have been able to determine the deed still passes uh, mineral rights, right? So a lot of deeds, when you buy the property, you have no right to any of the shit underneath uh, the ground. You have the right to the ground, and you can build your house on it, you can get water off the place, but if you were to discover diamonds, you're not going to be allowed to dig diamonds off of your property or gold or any of that kind of stuff because the deed says that the somebody retains the um, ownership of the um, uh, of the mineral rights. Okay, it's not you; it's somebody else. And so, um, you know, it could go back three or four or five times uh, in sales. So, way back when, maybe in the 1950s, one of the banks sliced off the mineral rights, and thereafter, everybody that's bought the property doesn't have any access to uh, right to exploit minerals on the property. And nowadays, that bank could, even if, the, you know, somebody bought that, those rights as we go along and aggregated them. So now, uh, this company I know of, these guys are out buying uh, little bits of property here and there that still have mineral rights attached to the deeds in order to be able to get at um, a uh, energy boom that they expect to occur once Trump gets back into office, right? Once we get into this... Uh, Shittery and start uh, officially and start rebuilding uh, the social order or political order. So um, that's their strategy, and I've been able to advise them on some stuff I've found down in in my area. I don't usually get up uh, north up into the Oil City. I've done it a little bit. I know of some properties up there that were for sale, and I pointed them at that way, but usually it's more uh, from North Beach South that, I'm, that I've got uh, local knowledge on, especially since I've been crawling around all these properties looking for a solution for our housing issue, uh, which is it's curious, just coincidental, that the uh, county assessor is up at my place trying to get in, uh, he sent me had to send me a, a, a letter 
and it's like I'm gonna let him in of course uh, but I you know everything's gated and there's security systems and all this kind of shit uh, but I'm gonna let him in but now when he comes on up it, they're gonna actually have to downgrade the quality of the uh, the structure because I'm gonna have be able to point out to him everything that's wrong with uh, the structure that degrades it to the point that I actually have to rebuild and so you know so <laughs> not gonna do the county much good uh, tax-wise I bet you my taxes drop after this in any event um, so we've got people buying property for energy and then there's another group that wants to buy uh, rental houses okay and they're they're buying rental houses because they're of the opinion that uh, globally we're gonna have well they know that it's occurring now and that is that more and more people are going to be vacationing uh, nearer to home um, than doing international travel uh, for the next 20 years and this is it's gonna take us 20 years to rebuild or uh, replace the airline industry and a lot of the airplanes and the airlines are in a world of hurt economically and they have no workers and their workers they're hiring are diversity hires who don't do anything accurately uh, can't be made to be productive that way and so the the whole thing is deteriorating the whole airline industry everything from all the vaxxed people controlling the air traffic control towers the vaxxed pilots the vaxxed crews the the uh, diversity equity and inclusion fuckers uh you know all of the um uh powerful powerful female crews that they've gotten stuff now right it's like okay guys but you know this all breaking down you people can't do anything more flights are canceled than are on uh time for departure now and it's almost two-thirds more flights are canceled than uh, make their departure time, their assigned departure time, and it just cascades, right? So it's a, it's the system breaking down. And so we're seeing the uh, collapse of the international air traffic, which is what the WEF wanted. That was one of their desired goals. They don't want you fuckers flying around and breathing their air and, you know, using their vacation spots and all of this. And so they, um, they've got all this set up, and we're going to have to live through it, right? So it'll take us 20 years to come back uh, to some form of international travel. And we may not be using airplanes um, when we come back to it, right? Uh, because during this 20 years, we're going to get the zero-point technology released. Uh, it's creeping out now in a bunch of different areas. So anyway, these guys are, that I know there's maybe, I don't know how many are, are in their... Um, their group, but I know five of the guys uh, personally that, I, uh, that I've worked for in the past uh, that are all in this group to go and buy uh, rental properties. And they're all putting in serious kind of money. Um, so in that sense, you know, so, okay, so I agree with them on that, right? It's a logical conclusion that if we've got the breakdown of the um, economic system as well as the uh, the travel industry, so to speak, then more people will indeed be vacationing locally. And it would not be a wise idea, for instance, to uh, buy into, you know, big cruise ship lines, right? Because those are supported by the airplane industry. Uh, you know, cruise ships in Florida don't survive on the f population from Florida. Most of the people that they 
haul around on their boats are not Florida residents. They fly to Florida uh, for the purpose of getting on the boat and then going on out and getting sick and uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so my guys here are out looking at, at rental properties and that's a different kind of a critter, right? These other guys that are into uh, energy solution stuff uh, they're buying it for what's underneath the property, and if it's a going concern as a rental, that's fine, but they're also buying raw land, and they've got a strategy for uh, sheltering money in the raw land relative to their uh, income, right? Wow. Major road work here, just tons of major road work. Another sign that we're going to be having a lot of people... Um, uh, staying local and that sort of thing is you'll see that we're now building out infrastructure into more uh, rural areas uh, at a faster um, pace than we have in like bunches of years. But but we're going to go through a, an economic boom here uh, for a number of years that will include rebuilding uh, on a serious way all of our infrastructure stuff. And um, that's going to include the infrastructure that feeds the um, rental industries, right? Anyway, so uh, so thinking about it with these guys and the property and so on, uh, they're they've got an interesting approach um, economically, right? Because they know that they're going to buy uh, a property, and so what they're uh, you know rental house, right? Maybe they're going to buy one of these giant fucking rental houses that's, that, you know, 24 people can sleep in, um, you know, uh, they've got 24 beds in, although it's nominally, um, you know, a five or a six bedroom house. We have a lot of those around here where they have bedrooms with like four sets of bunk beds in them, right? So eight people in a bedroom kind of a thing for an overnight rental uh, at, a, at a beach area. Okay, so these guys are getting into purchasing these things. And uh, the interesting part about this for me was that in talking with them, that they are valuing um, rental properties against uh, the current price of Bitcoin at the time that they purchase it. So what they're doing is they're basically saying, uh, if we put a million dollars into this place, uh, you know, this house might be worth this amount later on, but when we buy it, let we're gonna we're gonna value it at you know uh, twenty six point four Bitcoin because that's what it, we could have bought with that million dollars had we not bought this property. And I see where they're going with that, right? Because if there is a, they have to readjust their mental attitude on all of this. That if there is or when there is a major. A dollar death kind of an event, a major banking system failure, and uh, we start seeing some of the uh, ripple effects within the dollar. At that point, uh, it would not be wise to start or to continue trying to uh, manage your business valuing things in dollars as the dollars are falling. It's going to give you a really wrong sense of what's happening. The inflation, of course, is going to boost the nominal price of that that property but you would never be able to reclaim that property value in dollars uh, what we're hap what's happened and so so thinking about it as 26 Bitcoin 
Um, then later on, when Bitcoin has doubled the price, well, that house then only costs you, you know, 14 Bitcoin. And so, oh yeah, that, you know, that's a, that's a good deal. You could sell that property now for uh, 14 and a half Bitcoin, but the Bitcoin is worth so much more that you're getting a, um, a sort of speak, a profit on the fact that you'd put in the 26 Bitcoin to get it. It's a, it's a really wonky situation to try and think about because there's not going to be absolutes. At some point, the uh, 14 Bitcoin uh, may end up being 1.4 million, right? $100,000 per Bitcoin or something like that. At that point, then you've made, you would have made more nominal dollars uh, if you had bought the Bitcoin as opposed to the house, because now you've got to go to the, pro the problem of um, uh, transferring that house, selling that house, and getting it back into Bitcoin, because you're not going to be getting it back into dollars. And so uh, it becomes an interesting uh, mental exercise to keep your mind focused and to be able to uh, get uh, some understanding of the relative profitability of what your actions are when you don't have an absolute metric like dollars to be able to uh, plot this stuff against. Boy, I sure hope that makes sense. Um, so it's going to be really, really, really uh, confusing for people, right? And it's going to be very, very, very difficult to um, uh, get this um, uh, situation all straight in your head as to when you're actually, so to speak, so to speak, making a profit on things. Uh, a lot of guys are not. So, so the people that are doing the energy stuff, they're, they're convinced that when Trump comes back, uh, we're going to have an energy boom here in the United States and they want to participate in it. And they're doing things now, which I find very helpful uh, at a political level because these guys are, are putting money behind uh, non-liberal, non-Wefonian politicians in my, my state to... Um, attempt to overcome the communist takeover and to get us back to where basically, you know, we can make money again um, doing shit with resources here, which all the Wefonians want to shut down. And it's really interesting. I mean, all of this stuff, right? Um, some of the moves around here are uh, revealing, all right? So, but, but you have to really know the area in order to understand what it's being revealed. Uh, so I've got some timberland, uh, small holding, 50 acres, over by over off of Hood Canal. And Hood Canal, I'm on the, um, the east side of the canal. And Hood Canal is a fjord. And what basically happened at some point was that the uh, eastern foothills of the Olympic mountain range ripped loose. And this fjord was created, this very deep, deep uh, fjord there. But the interesting part for us guys is that when these um, foothills rip loose from the Olympic mountains, uh, apparently uh, some areas uh, had um, have been exposed that have silver and gold in them. And so uh, over on the eastern side of the um, uh, Olympic mountains, we have a bunch of uh, towns with interesting names like Silverdale, Gold Bar, 
there was Gold Nugget, uh, that's a defunct town they shut down. Uh, there was Goldendale, like Silverdale. Uh, there was Gold Valley, and a, a few more. And these are all clustered around my Timberland property over in the um, uh, uh, Hood Canal area. And so there's a possibility I've got gold and silver on my uh, acreage over there, especially since I have a, another resource that's not timberland, but is gravel. And so I have a segregated, uh, self-selecting, uh, self-aggregating um, uh, um, uh, gravel in like seven different grades, seven different sizes. These are all glacial uh, fill gravel, so it's all real clean. I mean, there's dirt around it, but uh, you don't have to bust it up in order to make the rocks into into gravel. They're just loose, just with dirt on them because of the nature of the glacial uh, sediment. So it's really cool. It's nice to have the gravel there. I've got enough gravel on my 50 acres there that if we were to log and just start hauling off the gravel, we've got enough uh, gravel to build out um, all of the roads that our local county there has anticipated that they will be building uh, over these next 10 years. So, uh, you know, so potentially I could even uh, log it and then start selling the gravel to the county. And that's not my goal, right? But, but the fact that it has this gravel also suggests that because of the nature of the glacier and so on, that we may have a potential that there's some silver and gold there. Not that I'm going to do anything about it other than, you know, check it out here in, in a, uh, you know, mildly interested way at the moment. Because I'm not motivated, right? I'm not trying to make more money. Uh, especially as the money itself is dying. Anyway. Um, uh, we are thinking now. All right. So, so we're now getting into the boom period of... Uh, the cryptos. Not all of the cryptos are going to survive, though. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to shut this down and I'll um, pick it up again. I'm going to have to pull off and uh, take care of some business here real quick. Anyway, um, uh, so as the, I'm expecting, you know, Bitcoin will go uh, over 50,000 in this next month or so. And uh, at that point, I'm thinking of selling a few cryptos and purchasing another property myself. Not, uh, in my case, it's not as a, as a way to uh, hedge dollars or anything and, and keep dollars safe, because I'm not taking dollars out of the, the bank in order to do this, because I run very lean. I try and keep as few dollars as I possibly can and keep everything else in some other form of an asset. But I wanted to have a um, wanted to have another another property here to if I could find and I think I may have uh, if I could find a um, single-story house that would allow us to uh, live comfortably while we're remodeling the one we're in that would be a good investment in my way of thinking because then I wouldn't have a year and a half of being super fucking stressed with people crawling around and hammering and all of that kind of thing right and so um, so it'd be a, a decent kind of an investment for me to make. And hopefully we could get in a place that was, you know, also in a, um, another um, recreation area. Anyway, so I'll um, pick this up in a few minutes. There's going to be a bunch of these as I drive in.